Welcome to Highly Educated, the podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sherman. Tonight, we welcome professional surfer turned Montauk real estate agent, Travis Beckman. Travis runs his own surf academy where he trains and teaches a strict regimen of techniques to form a lifestyle around surf culture. Uh, He takes us through some of his most memorable surf trips of the year, tells us how to stay on top of our energy we need to progress our objectives forward, and provides exciting and insightful uh, stories. So this is one podcast you don't want to miss. Welcome, Travis Beckman. Yo, Travis, what's going on, man? How you doing? Not much, man. How's everything with you, dude? Everything's good. Everything's good. Thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be with you, man. Yeah. Back to, you know, I'll let you tell the story, but yeah, man, you've had a crazy little trip and, you know, from doing pro surf contests and doing all this crazy shit and, you know, we want to hear the story, you know? Grom days in reality started in Hawaii. I was uh, born in California originally. Uh, I think we moved out to Oahu on the North Shore back in 91. And from there, surfing kind of just became nothing else other than just a really good way to pass the time with friends and then... About eight years old, everyone started doing contests together, and it just became an addiction for every single kid on the island. It, it was... It was just everything was hyped. It was football for guys in Texas. It's the it's the equivalent. If you're in Hawaii, you know, it's there's nothing else to do. You, you just want you're to surf. You just want to surf, and you just want to be able to beat your friend at the contest, rub it in at school, and kind of just be able to just tick the notches of going up the hierarchy, like everyone knowing who you are in the water because the only way you gain respect is surfing all the Fighting time. Fighting your way, putting your putting <laughs> surfing, your notches <laughs> in. Surfing all the time and just making sure you kind of just know that someone else can beat you at any time. Were you were you better than like the pack or like uh, the average or like do, did you know that you had a kind of like a special gift for it or was it just kind of you worked harder than everybody? What, what was the what was like the, the factor when you were a younger person doing it, you know? For me, I definitely wasn't like the shining star best guy out of the group right off the bat. Um, I was pretty much the first person to really ever surf in my family the way that I did. Uh, surfing was kind of just like a, a known thing, but it wasn't a family thing. So Right, it wasn't a family <laughs> yeah, grow up. So on it, I right. kind of just adopted it from just being in Hawaii and being around families that were just nonstop associated with surfing. So when that happened... And it's a culture. It's a whole culture there. It's a lifestyle. It's a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no more than... You live and you breathe it, and it's it's life in reality. So once you start surfing with the better guys, things progress pretty fast, and uh, you kind of learn the tricks of the trade, and eventually you're able to at least contest and compete with the best. And I got the opportunity to do that for a little bit of time in my life, and that was yeah, that was a fun time in my life. <laughs> See, wait, yeah. So you so you uh, were raised in really in Hawaii for the majority of your childhood. On uh, Oahu, right? Yeah. Um, and I was North Shore you were living, you were Waikiki in the beginning, and then... Yeah, no, uh, originally Waikiki, and then within a year we were on the North Shore. Um, <clears throat> my mom had became friends with a couple of really cool people out there, and uh, started living there full-time. I went to Sunset Beach Elementary, ended up going to uh, Wailua Intermediate in high school, and then in 2001... Mom decided to kind of pack up me and my little sister, who had just been born about two years before, to come back out to New York in 2001. 
Uh, oh wow! So that was a pretty what a time to come back to New York, two thousand and one. Jeez, yeah, like yeah. Everyone else, everyone else migrated out here to two thousand and one back to yeah. It was uh, definitely an interesting uh, time coming in in that regard. Just what was right. meant to happen with September eleventh, which right. is uh, I didn't even realize what was going on when it did happen. When we mo- when I actually moved here in two thousand one, I was kind of at a loss for words because I didn't know how right large buildings were. I grew up on an island where the biggest thing I saw was a mountain. Right, I you were like, those are built, like, I that's did, the I thing. Did, I didn't know what a skyscraper was. Uh, it, did, <laughs> right. it, it didn't register, because I was 13, 14 years old in eighth grade, and that happened, and that was kind of like my introduction to coming to and living on the East Coast of America from Hawaii for the first time, and that was kind of a trip, kind of grasping that whole situation, and then having come here for years in the summertime and knowing all the people out here from the Charlie Weimers, Tyler McGuire, Pat Havlick, you know, Trevor right. Funk, the whole gamut, Kevin Becker, the whole Leif Angstrom, the Conroy brothers, the whole little tight-knit community of surfers slash fishermen out here, which is a real culture. So I kind of found it really comfortable, just like Hawaii was a whole culture of fishing and surfing. Right, it's, it's in the lifestyle. So, so that's that you found that yeah, connection, that comfort? Pretty, pretty right. quickly in every sense of the word. So it, it fit me pretty well to the T and... I didn't really skip a beat in the sense of like feeling like I was an outcast and moving to a new place. So that was right. Kind of, you felt at home of, quickly. Yeah. You know, so eighth grade was the first time I got to like see a bunch of people in the same town and not like just the only click of crew guys I knew. Right. So that was like the first time I met people in Springs, East Hampton, that Springs. whole little section right there. So that was like the first time I got the opportunity yeah. to like meet new people. And then from there, I just kind of started just even my way through everybody and saying basically everyone ended up knowing me by the, you know, my mid twenties when I, when I actually uh, moved out here recently back in 2011. Right. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So you came transitioned back into, uh, back into uh, the East end of Long Island here, back to Montauk and uh, then, all right. And then uh, Florida, like Florida happened and, and that's what kind of shaped you a little bit as a surfer, you think, after would, Hawaii? Like, did oh, it give you a different perspective? Oh, one up, different perspective, not even a question. Florida, coming from Hawaii and going to Florida for about four to five years was a trip because, yes, I had surfed on the East Coast because I lived in New York for a little bit of time. Right. But living in Florida is a different animal from surfing. There are months that go by with not a rideable wave and learning how to grovel and hone your kind of like agro aggression competitive side with a bunch of really really good surfers down in florida was like that kind of next step i got that in hawaii and then i got it again in the junior pro ranking world and that was a pretty uh well in hawaii you were probably surfing against professionals that are now like big on tours at the time you're probably surfing against the same kind of guys in hawaii and then now it transitioned to florida you probably surf with pros there too when you were younger yeah without uh, without a doubt there's guys on both both sides of the spectrum there's guys in hawaii that are in top form that are having the you know, the best time of their life in contest or free surfing, no matter what they're doing. And they're, everything is center fried around being a real, you know, professional surfer, both in Florida and Hawaii. And the fact that I even know most of them is always a nice thing from, you know, knowing Mason Ho to Dusty Payne and people down South in Florida, like Eric Geiselman and the Hobgood brothers and Kelly, you know, but th- that whole group of people are the type of people that you want to associate with on tour and kind of not just surf with, but hang out with. So right. it's a, uh, those are like, I, you know, icons. Yeah. And it's, and they're all extremely cool, fun and enjoyable people. It's like, they're, 
they're not a. I'd say it's one of the more chiller uh, professional sports. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they don't have their nose up in the air. You know what I mean? They're not looking down right. on anybody. It's you know right. that's that's one cool thing about surfing. Surfing, I feel it kind of puts everyone in a level playing field in a sense maybe not just because it humbles everybody because there's so much respect yeah, i mean i think it has yeah. to you know the ocean itself can always do what it wants no matter how good you are at surfing swimming whatever right whatever the you know good point. per se you know thing you love to do in the water whatever it is the ocean is the ocean and she kind of runs whatever she wants 100 <laughs> percent. yeah that's that's totally right but yeah no florida was uh florida was a, a big learning curve and it was you know i met a lot of really good friends but it ended up not really being for me and that's why eventually I kind of made the decision to come back up to Montauk in 2011 because I just kind of just got a little bit on the uh, board and stagnant side down there. And, and, and wh- what's the transition from like being in like nice warm tropical water to like frozen fucking brick brown? Like <sighs> that one, the first time actually ever. What was your like? Pay- what was the first time you put on a pair of booties? So the first time, the, like, the first time, the first all time, the gear, and you were like, holy shit! The first time ever is actually pretty bad. Um, this is back in 2001 when I was like 14 years old, when I first moved out here and, um, I was by, I was sponsored by body glove at the time. And I was in a five mil, six or seven mil boots, five mil gloves, a hood. And I put everything on and I run out and I go surf for like 30 minutes. And all of a sudden my hands and my feet are not just frozen, but like, there's nothing there. It's like blocks of ice. There's, there's no motion in my hand. There's no motion in my feet. I literally get back in. My Jesus. mom's my mom's waiting in the car for me. I sit down in the car and I take all my gloves off and my gloves, I just slipped them over my wetsuit instead of actually taking my wetsuit and putting them over the gloves and sealing the water off. So all I did was just paddle around in I think it was somewhere around like 30 degrees in the air and probably the water was probably in like the low 40s, high 30s. It was like mid-February. That was the first time I ever really experienced almost like the dumbest idea and like kookish maneuver you could ever do, which is Damn. which is just putting your boots over your wetsuit instead of putting your wetsuit over your boots. Oh, it's like, man. I was like, am I really that much of an amateur? And then I was like, yeah, you are because you're from an island in the middle of the Pacific. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you are that dumb. So that was that was the first and only time I really ever messed up on a wetsuit standist, but Surfing in the cold, man, that's a different animal. <laughs> Dude, that, yeah, I would imagine the transition I think, was kind of shocking. I think, I think the Northeast of America honestly gets almost as cold as anywhere when it bottoms out. Now, would like, you say that takes more grit and more guts than the average surf, or, or, or is Hawaii's size and power, like, it doesn't matter. They both even out. Um, Hawaii is by far way more powerful. That is not a question. That's right, just right, because right, it's right. the, and that's also because the Pacific ocean is almost twice the size of the Atlantic. Right. That has, that has the ability to make storms that are unfathomable comparatively to what we get right. out here. <clears throat> so, you know, that's, that's kind of just being said just from a natural way the world works situation, but the cold is a different animal. I know a lot of boys that would come out here and surf out in the winter time and they would be, humbled just because it was so cold and it was just a square barrel not the biggest barrel in the world but it was square and it could just slam you down and hold you down for a minute the water's freezing out here when it's cold and yeah it it, it makes it's a it's a different it's a different feeling it's not the same feeling as hawaii when you're paddling out and it's maxing pipe or maxing sunset or even maxing haleiva like haleiva is probably the scariest thing in my opinion <laughs> to, to paddle around when it's no, when it's when it's on its it's it's a it's a wave that just scares the living crap out of me. Pipes gnarly, sunsets heavy, but 
probably even scares the crap out of me, but it's the funnest way there is. But you can't find that on the East Coast. It doesn't exist. Right, right. <laughs> there's, some, there's some gnarly spots, but. Yeah, no, no, there are. And that's not putting down the East Coast. The East Coast has some of the, you, you, the best yeah. waves when they come together from a storm. They are some of the best waves in the world. That's not a question. It just takes, you know, it takes that perfect condition, which doesn't happen very often. Hawaii. Winter time comes around. It's the perfect it's, storm when it it's does. consistency every time in Hawaii in the winter. You know, it's right. like boom, 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 boom. So, and that's what gets you really to be a seasoned vet too. Is always yeah. having the waves there. I mean, obviously, 100%. if you're if you're surfing all the time, you want to move to Hawaii and cone your craft, or move to Puerto Rico, or move exactly. to somewhere where that has going to have waves all the time. That's why the uh, that's why you get the whole Nicaragua kind of or where, wherever of, you're moving. That's why you get the shift of people in the Northeast. You know, they either do the you know Barbados or Bahamas or Puerto Rico. And they go down there to one just enjoy the warm weather from the winter time up here, but they're in consistent surf. So that's why you're starting to see really good kids coming out of you know the East End in general or New Jersey. They're shifting down and they're going to the East Coast versions of Hawaii and getting as much right. repetition with consistent waves as possible and over reef and mixing that whole Crazy. bag in. So it's it's a it's a whole strategy almost in a sense these days. It's not normal uh, surfing tactics. And so and where. Have you been to uh, Have you been to Ireland to surf yet? I have not been to Ireland, but I have been to Scotland and Thurso, and that was one wow. of the that was one of the coolest uh, trips I've been on, and that was a while back. Coldest was, trip as well. I had been to I had already been surfing in New York for quite a time, um, wetsuit wise, so I knew how cold it was when I was there. It wasn't as cold as New York gets, but I don't know how cold Scotland actually gets. I, I don't right, think, right, I don't right. think I was there on the coldest time. Right is what I should say. So. Must be insane. It, it, it was still chilly, um, but it wasn't. Seeing castles and shit on the countryside while you're surfing. Uh, it was amazing. Me and my buddy Jensen Calloway uh, traveled together, and we um, stayed at a hotel for like two weeks. And it was by far the funnest thing. Checking out whatever you want to call from castles to gravestones that were marked back. I swear, like in the 1660s or 15. Like <laughs> you're walking around and you don't see anything yeah, but a couple of you know stacks of stones. So that was one of the cooler. Right experiences I'd ever had for me, surfing a contest travel trip, and 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 that. So when you okay, so when you when did you start doing the the contest circuit and like the contest level? Full time, probably at about fifteen, sixteen. And at that point, you were already in. Um, you were Florida or Montauk. Um, I had just moved to Florida. At okay. S- at uh, sixteen, seventeen. Okay. So then, by the time you're in Montauk, you're you're at this point, you know, moving back and then surfing and and skating too at the same time, or not skating at that point, just surfing. No, I was still skating, but wasn't skating as heavily as I used to when I was like ten to fourteen years old, fifteen. Like I, I'd slow I slowed down. I'd slow down only just because of just I'd broken my fingers, fractured my radials, and that took me away from surfing contests. And all all I knew was surfing contests. There was no in between. Um, right. You know, I. You know, I do have my high school diploma, but college wasn't in my future. You know, I wanted, right. I wanted, I wanted nothing but surfing to be my life and I'll be all in, you know, that still well, clearly is. it worked. And, you know, it's still, it still is a huge part <laughs> of my life and it's, it worked. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's helped me in many more ways than one from just from a contest standpoint. It's gotten me to meet people that are some of the coolest and most, you know, successful people I've ever met in my life to being able to travel with cool families and or surf with just friends. So it's one of the cooler things I have in my life is surfing. That's not a question. 
and and it's obviously something still that brings you great joy, and that's why you do it all the time. And obviously, yeah. now that you're still, you know, you still go out there to get the stoke, to get the shot, to get Uh-oh. the if, recognition, hey, if, to get the respect. If, if anyone wants to take the photo, I'll take it. it. Yeah, no, right. anyone wants you to take the photo, now I'll take the. I'll, I was like, hey, thanks for the photo, man. You know, it's not like it. it it's not like it used <laughs> to be back in the day, traveling on tour and just having a you know photographer with you almost every day and. You know, literally happened. This is your guy. His name is Brad. He's going to follow you around. Uh, pretty much, yeah. That's, you know, <laughs> that's kind of how it was at st- in certain standpoints of my uh, career, you know, ups and downs throughout my career. But, you know, it was it was a pretty much consistent basis. You got a filmer with you, a photographer, when you were traveling on the tour. Of back, course. You, know, yeah, you, that's, to. you had to. You got to so. get those moments. You got to have the moments. And the backseat and, moments, too. You yeah. Gotta you got to have you got to have the A-roll, the B-roll, and you just got to make sure that. Making a get, surf video is a lot of fun. Just make sure you keep the camera on record, basically. Right, is get all I, those is, moments. Is what I tell the guy, because that's the only way it works. All the moments. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, Montauk and, and uh, you know, getting back into that and, and how you're coming back into the scene, too, is is what do you think in, in that years that you came, what do you remember from Montauk when you first kind of arrived back after Florida, after you're established surfing, after you're really doing this thing, coming back into town? Yep. How do you see the presence changing over the last, like, decade, per se? That puts us, that puts us in a pretty good uh Decade time frame. It's 2021. I moved back up here in 2011 on my own and um, started working at the Harvest full time. Um, was there for almost nice. almost four or five years. What a I, great restaurant! Uh, place, place is so good. Place is a machine, man. They 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 do good quality food. They got an awesome family they, style. They got a, food they got like a no good other. atmosphere. They got you know the outside garden is next level. John Herb does an incredible job. You know maintaining that place for it's, sure. It's impressive. He's he knew, he knows what he's doing. Let's put it that free way. free sponsor to the Harvest right now. Okay? Yeah, shout no, out without a doubt. I, I'll rep them all day. Not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was where I got my first job, and they taught me a lot. And uh, honestly. Montauk was already a pretty well-established, you know, summertime Thursday through Monday party scene, you know, because Thursday was ladies' night back in the day at Sloppy Tuna. And then Monday's... Sloppy and Tuna, he's referring to Nick, what was Nick's that became now, Sloppy what, Tuna. And what do we know? And now and is that, Bounce now Montauk, which bounce. apparently doesn't have a good rep somewhere. You know, it, it honestly, that place might need to bounce in general. <laughs> no, no, pun, no, no horrible pun intended. But <laughs> that's an opposite plug. Um, oh shit! But yeah, no. Uh, it's it's a it's always been a crazy atmosphere out here. But what has changed in a decade is the quickness and speed of how housing has been bought up and almost pushed certain. I don't want to say it in a certain way. Certain types of families and level of financing and how they make their money, they can't afford to. Yes. rent a house anymore yes. or even have the possibility of wow purchase yeah. purchasing a house Let, let's let's talk about that so if you guys didn't catch on already travis is also um in the real estate game he's an agent of yes, real sir. estate yes sir um he uh you know you can find him uh you know on instagram and the various things but he uh is also a real estate agent so he he knows this world from that perspective as well not only from a surf and local perspective but yeah. also from the real estate game and how it's changed so I'd love to hear your perspective on that too, because it's really difficult for locals, workers especially. I mean, a lot of businesses are trying to find help, and they can't. And and even the ones that had help that were here, that were great workers, they were living locally, and now they have to live an hour and a half away because that's what they can afford. So they have to commute every day just to come to work, and now it's became an expense for them, yeah, which becomes that, then expense for an employer because the exactly. employee doesn't want to pay that expense. So there's a whole there's a whole chain link reaction exactly. to that when that's an issue, but that's. That's something that's, I think that's been advertised multiple times in many newspapers and 
and it should be. And it's, it's the only reason I really feel for it is because even I, you know, go through the same situation. I'm living in a small apartment where I'm thankful, you know, the family that allows me to stay above them is, you know, as right. Cool, as cool, cool as can and, be. And they, right. they love my dog and it, it works out, but housing ain't easy out here, man. Dude, it's rough. Montauk is Montauk smaller than small, but. And you're a real estate agent saying I, this, and right? I, yeah. And I mean, I see it. And the only difference is, is real estate's needed in life because everyone needs a home. And I try my best to put really good people in my town and I try not to put, you know, people that are going to try to completely take over. I'd like to be able to bring good people in Montauk and East Hampton Springs. Right. Give people a of, chance. That's kind of the goal and the mindset I have for everybody, you know? And and you feel like that business obviously has shifted over the last, you know, year and a half, two years pandemic because, uh, you that's, know. That's even, that's called hyperspeed. That's called hyperspeed. <laughs> so you were just referring to the time period prior to the yeah, hyperspeed. Yeah, exactly. And then this, this went into overload in a general sense in which I understand it too. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to feel safe and during a worldwide pandemic, stuff can kind of go crazy, you know what I mean? And that's from not having food on IGA shelves to right. not having places to rent because they're already rented out from everyone that rushed out from, you know, larger cities and didn't feel safe and wanted to kind of, you know, separate because they had the ability to. And I have no qualms or quarrels with what they did because honestly, they were trying to defend for themselves and be safe and healthy. And why would I ever try to take that away from anybody in right. that respect, but it did affect, it did affect us in a large way from prices getting driven up and fortunately local families pretty consistently not being able to live in their yeah. local town and they had to move out. And unfortunately now they have to commute just like you said, an hour and a half out, but it ain't just out here, man. That's, that's, in it's Ho a that's, shift, that's right. in Hawaii. It's, it's, that's a in Hawaii. it's, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening in Hawaii right now too. Back home. I see the exact same you issues. You still stay in contact with everybody from back home. Yeah. On stop. Yeah. If, uh, you, if you lose your connection there, that'd be, that'd just be a loss of life just because the place is such a awesome energy in every sense of the word. You know what I mean? And the people, right. the people that live there are going through the exact same issues. And then there's other places in every other part of America and probably all over the world that are going through it. It's just a normalcy and got to kind of, I, I look at it as you got to roll with the punches and adapt and try to figure something out. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And you're rolling and adapting now. Yeah. Let's try talk it, about your, try it <laughs> right now let's talk about the business. You have a, um, surf camp that you run or a surf academy essentially you, you're running lessons and you're doing um you know these different various uh surf camps and things it's a um, um talk about talk about the business and how that got started and really what made you want to do that you yeah know? no no it's um it's kind of a blend of private one-on-one -on -one tutoring and almost in a sense <laughs> for lack of a term of saying it drill instructing <laughs> right it's really to help people learn the actual regimented to understand that there is kind of a way of getting into surf culture it's not just going out there and honestly getting pushed into a wave at all times and doing it as a business model if you want to come out and surf and learn it then you come to me and that's what we do you know uh we work kind of more from a sense of here's the ropes, here's the basics, let's start a foundation and let's kind of make this so you can understand, be safe for yourself, for others, and maybe pass along some knowledge along the way because there are a lot of people that think they know, let's more or less just get the photo, get the money, get them out. And that's a little bit of what I have watched changed from a surfing aspect in the culture of surfing. So, so really, that's what you've seen change. You've felt a cookie cutter vibe between this kind of yeah. ad adaptation of 
okay, I can just teach surf lessons. I can be the guy that teaches surf lessons. And, and you've realized that that's kind of been this cookie cutter thing. And you realize you wanted to take it more personable. Yeah, no, take I've, it to a I figured, I mean, it wasn't even, it's, it's not even me trying to like, you know, say, say I know everything. Let's, you know, I, I don't know everything, but. Right, surfing, no, but you for, were trying from a to surfing take it standpoint. A I was trying to take it where it's you know you were trying to get people to legitimately understand this is what you should do because when it keeps you safe, it keeps others safe, and there is kind of an unspoken rule of rotation and hierarchy and what do you do in this situation or that situation, and that's where I've tried to take it, and that's where I do my best to try to work with you know the younger generation in general, whether they be from five years old, five years old to. 16, 17, 18, and a little right. and a little bit older, and then they can be a, a 50-year-old mom. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's, it's, just, it, it's, it's more or less just to make sure that they understand there is a correct way to do things versus a thought way to do it. Right. You know, you just believe that that's the way it's done, but when, no, in reality, there is a correct way, and I'm going to try to make sure you understand the correct way because when I was taught, it was taught with not just a correct way, but with a heavy hand. Right, that, you know, so you know, so it was the you know there were rules and regulations. It was like, no, no, okay, that's okay. I mean, yeah, no, hey, no, sometimes no, you have to have a boot camp approach, and that's yeah. how you approach, and that's exactly. why you created this uh, a market for yourself. So when you created this business, did you think you you wake up one morning and you were like, you know what, I can monetize this, I can monetize teaching surf lessons, and say, you know what, let me charge a certain amount for these lessons or camps, and then I can you know reach my network. I have a good network of people. Uh-huh. Like, how did the Rolodex happen? Like, business-wise, you know, if somebody wants to do this, think about the young surfer or the young entrepreneur out there that is thinking about, hey, you know, I made a little bit of money this year. I want to invest. Maybe maybe I want to buy a couple surfboards and teach some lessons and do yep. something. One, don't have a problem just winging it sometimes, honestly. Just sometimes, wing it sometimes. Some, some, sometimes when you overthink stuff, you kind of talk yourself out of doing something that you should have just pulled the trigger on and done. So gut instinct. If you I think it, it, if you think I it kind it. of pulled the trigger on it, but I love it. I would say honestly, just for me, it was surfing became my connection to meeting people, not just in Montauk, not just in East Hampton, not in Springs, not in Southampton, Bridgehampton. Surfing became my way of meeting people in Japan, Brazil, you know, Canary Islands, Hawaii, California, uh, Vancouver, Canada, Nova Scotia, Jersey, everywhere I've been, surfing has made me be able to have a connection, a dot to somebody. Right. And that became my Rolodex. Important. And that Rolodex became my book of business. And that's why my book of business with real estate is connected with people that I trust, love, and know, but it's worldwide. So my connections are able to, when they come to New York, when they come to the Hamptons, when they come to Montauk, they reach out, and that's all because of surfing. It's it's all connected. It's it's all a little mini spider web, a little web we weave, and thankfully surfing has let me create a nice, cool connection of people around the world that I'm able to stay in touch with because of, thankfully, social media. Honestly, yeah, like, and that's that's, chalk it up to a thank to social media. I I kind of have to in certain aspects, you know, and so I, you know, if it wasn't just, I mean, obviously we've had email for a long time, but you know, being able to. FaceTime, video chat, you know, uh, WhatsApp, somebody, something of that nature. Like it's, right. it makes being able to connect and, you know, conversate that much better. But that's how my book of business started. And that's kind of what got me into thinking, maybe I should follow in my grandma's footsteps for real estate and, you know, kind of actually take it up as a business idea and actually maybe follow through and put some commitment to it like I did from a professional surfing standpoint and make it competitive, make it 
try to get to right because that's what real estate is out here it's cutthroat it's competitive it's it's, it's you're aggressive. bidding against families are bidding to this you got to be the, the bidding the bidding war right was, the bidding war and was you crazy have to be a salesman COVID. you have to be yeah. a showman you got have to it. be somebody that is also in tune and with the times and with the reality of the situations 100%. that are at present you know 100%. it's all relative to the sale of real it's, estate it's also it, it is also the one thing i always try to stress is it is all relative but it's also the hamptons <laughs> Right, right. Like, right. like, come on. You're now. in a different like, bubble like market. This you're price, in a bubble this, market. This, people, you know, some people lose sight of it and like, why is it so expensive? It's like, you're, we're not in Kansas, Toto. You know, this place is, this place right. is. This place is what it is. This is, this is, this is the hierarchy. This is the 1% out here, you know, and it's, you know, we're well, trying. it's what, because it, we know what lives out here. We know, and, and well, it's not even the people. Is, it's because this, Locals, place is, this place is beautiful. It's because of the landscape. Locals, yeah. let me, let me give a newsflash to all those who are non-local. <laughs> I love this. The newsflash to those who are non-local is we don't give a shit who lives here. We like here because the fucking bays are gorgeous and the marshes are beautiful at sunset and sunrise. And you can go take a kayak yes. out or a paddle. Board, or you can go surfing one day when the waves are good, or you can go fishing when the fucking bite yep. is up. That's you can exactly do whatever. Right. You, dude, this is a magical town. And that's why they're here, too. And that's, and that's why the, they're here. Well, they're here because they don't get notarized as well. They don't get... It's yeah, because they, we they don't do have, give They do a have shit. a hidden space. They do have a hidden it's space. because we don't care. But this place is. This place is something different. And it's, it's not true, just, though, too. We don't oh, care. Yeah. Oh, no. There's... We all love the land. Nobody <laughs> cares about anybody else. We just care about how beautiful this land is and how great our friendships are and how deep the town is. Community values all that shit yeah. we don't give a shit about your little whatever going on like no. that's that's the beauty of the place no that's 100 percent the truth and there's no disputing that in any sense of the word and right you know and at the same time it's all cyclical and it all runs around in circle because mm-hmm. if it wasn't if it wasn't for people like jay-z and you know the billy joels and everyone that is actual famous like the business that we have to be able to survive in a vacation town exactly. is also Where needed it to it so it's hard it's a hard circle to play, but it is you also... You can't hate both. It is also what I just basically flat out to tell everybody, go, it's life. <laughs> it's it's flat out. It's it's just straight up life. It's You're like right. It's, it, it's you, you try your best to try to get yourself into a better situation one step at a time, and that's kind of your goal. And if you don't have that goal, you're usually just going to sit, stay angry at everybody instead of trying to build yourself up to where you at least get to one rung above on the ladder. Exactly. Exactly. That's what you're trying to do in life, and I think that's what. What's been a fun trip that you've done recently, where you know you've taken some sick shots or had some great swells? Uh, just recently, I got really, really, really lucky. Um, one of my good friends, originally a client from Surf World, um, nice. became a, became a really good friend of mine. He was having his fiftieth birthday party, and he basically told the wife, "For my fiftieth birthday party, I want to be able to go rent a boat in the Maldives and take." Uh, a certain, a certain group of people. So on July 1st, we got to go jam out to the Maldives and kind of just experience kind of like a trip of a lifetime on almost like a hundred foot yacht, you know, and there was, there was only 12 of us on the boat and, what? and it slept 22 people. It was pretty next level, man. I'd never, I'd, what? Nev- I'd never anticipated doing those are those like Instagram that. stories you were posting. I saw you little snake. Yeah. I kind of, oh, I, I kind of had to reminisce, but I kind of figured I was also pissing some people off cause they never got to go on that kind of trip. So I was <laughs> yeah. at the same time. I was like, yes, I did get to go. So, you know, that's dude, you got to like bask in the glory when you can. Hey, but like I said, that was a trip of a lifetime and, uh, ended up mm-hmm. being with some really cool people. Uh, got to go with uh, Chris Coleman. Now he, uh, He's kind of a, a legend out here in the real estate world himself. So I give a shout out to Chris at all times. Always learning from the best. You know, if you if I ever if I have any questions, I go straight to that man and I ask that guy's the wizard. So, um, wizard. You know, but it was him. We had Scott Collin. We had both of their sons. 
Um, my really good friend Sanjay, it was his birthday. And it was just a really good group of people and a really good time of just honestly laughing, a little bit of fishing, a little bit of diving, a bunch of surfing. And what a trip. It was it was a trip, man. The whole thing was as dream or kind of, you know, pristine. It was movie it was movie esque, let's put it that way. It was, was it one of the best trips in, in what? In in, in, in in a good memory. I mean the surf wasn't stellar, 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 but the surf was rippable every day. It was fun. There was nobody out there. It was the ocean fun and rippable. And that's sometimes the best when you're with your boys and you're yeah. doing a fun other things. You it said was, you were diving, you said you were doing other yeah, things. Yeah, no, the whole the whole trip as a whole was an A plus plus. Like A you know, that, plus plus. Yeah, no. So that was straight luck and that was just a, a month and a half ago. So that was very recent, very fresh. I still uh wow. I still wish I was there. Damn. <laughs> and what about other semi-recent? Other semi-recent would be, I got to do a trip down to Nicaragua with a whole bunch of boys for nice. a bachelor party. Uh, Jesse Akel over at Whalebone. Uh, hey. Flagship, you know. I've, I've seen that kid go from being a straight up just t-shirt shop with not much in the in the hallways and the uh, storage area. And you go into that shop now and that kid has created a fashion almost like image and branding for the Hamptons, oh, yeah, Hamptons and Montauk. Dude. Dude. Crazy, that yeah. But uh, that was, uh, his trip was sick. So nice, dude. Got, nice surf trip. Yeah, That's sick. It was an awesome trip. And that, that, was, that was also fishing, you know, surfing like crazy and just laughing with everybody. So that was probably the, the second most memorable one I've had in a while. And that was, that was a few years back now, but that was, that was one you won't forget. And now, and now what are your, what are your favorite, like famous, uh, well, you said, you said, you said, uh, you know, Hawaii was one of your favorite breaks, but what, what what's your other top breaks i mean that, that that we all know that we're not blowing up any spots here um i mean honestly dude no um the the best wave the best wave in the world that i've ever seen in my life is on straight up on the Oahu on north shore you know it's one of my favorite waves to ever surface sunset beach and i've had some of my favorite waves out there and i've had some of the heaviest beatdowns i've ever had out there you know there's sections where the water gets really deep and you get slammed around. How many moments you could count, like, if you could count in your head, how many moments do you feel like your life in a moment where you were, like, under the water or under this or holding your breath or what, how many moments do you think you, you fought with that? You did a little tickle dance with death for I mean, a little bit and, and you felt like maybe you're not coming out of it. Besides the basic kind of blackouts you get when you hit your head really hard and you kind of just wake up. Right. You know, what's besides those, the ones where you actually know where you're like, ah, oh, crap, it's getting a little hairy and dicey. Um, I had a handful. I mean... I'm, I'm, I don't mind surfing really big stuff, but you know, I don't have like, does it scare I, you No, to, it's not, it's to not, get away from it sometimes? Like when you get those cats, well, it, you got to understand, you got to adjust your eyes to surf that stuff. You know, you got to be around it a lot. It's called, you know, we, we kind of call it adjusting of the eye. You know, like if you're around it a lot, it doesn't look as big in the sense of, you know, what's coming. If you just jump in out of left field and you haven't been surfing big waves in a while, you kind of can kind of take a step back and kind of get shook for a second so it takes a little bit of not necessarily training in the sense of like workout but it takes being in the fold and kind of building your way back up and kind of understanding that's why that's a little bit different but sunset itself is almost a big wave open ocean wave to begin with i've surfed that right. place 15 foot hawaiian and that's <laughs> that thing will slap you around like it ain't a joke <laughs> right that'll show like I've, I've broken boards into four or five pieces with you know not a single don't even know where the pieces are, except for like two of them. <laughs> but 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 because of how small they are, you know the other pieces are tiny. Right. But that's right. That's where I've gotten my. I'd say sunset. Honestly, I've got my best waves, and I've got my worst waves at the same spot. 
That's crazy. Yeah, that that's that place is a give or take. I mean, you got to think about the crazy waves and the crazy places. I mean, you have to be trained, like you said. It's it's a, who you're around, right? So if you're well, people, if you're, if you're, you're, you're watching Mavericks every day, if you live in Half Moon Bay your whole life and you've been watching Mavericks your exactly. whole life, exactly. Or if you've been, you know, if you're in Chopu and you've been watching that shit your whole life, like it's what you're. Hey, it's what you're. It's what you're taught, and it's what you know. And if it's what you know, it's the same reason why football players don't have a problem going and slamming their heads against each other and dealing with concussions in the future. Five. Yeah, there's levels to this. There's levels. There's levels to this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not catching me going in the fucking water anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, it's the funny part because, you know, hurricanes come up here on the East Coast and people kind of have like a shit fit. Like, they're like, oh my God. And it's like me, I'm fiending for that. You know, it's like, I'm literally like, I get antsy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a feeling like it makes you a kid again. So you, it makes you, so you never, so whatever, when did you learn that you had that kind of like split? That split kind of uh, personality where you knew you didn't have the fear when you saw some giant fucking wave rolling and you were like, no, I want that. I don't want to go away from that. I want that. Because that's one. It's one. I guess you do have to want it in a sense. But at the same time, it's what it's who you're raised. That's with. some scary that, shit. It's, it's who you're raised with. Like, you know, like we had said, Mason Ho, Dusty Payne, you know, Jason Shibata, Freddie Pataccia, all the guys in Hawaii that I grew up like idolizing a little bit older than me or my same age. We all surfed the same exact stuff, big, small, crummy, shitty, really good, excellent barrels, whatever it was. We all surfed it, so it became a pushing of the level each time, and eventually that goes into bigger surf. 100%. And that's just how that works. All that is is progression, friendship, and competition. And that's where the trust builds. The trust builds that. And well, at the same time, well, that's how it started, right? You saw them trust, surfing. You were like, okay, they can do that. I can do that. Well, exactly. 100%. Well, then you start to trust yourself. Monkey see, monkey do. Exact. Amundo. That's 100% what it is, you know? And, and everyone's out, you know, back in the day when I grew up, everyone's there to straight up make sure you're okay. You know what I mean? If you eat shit on a pretty heavy wave and a heavy section, the boys are paddling right up to you, like making sure everything's okay. And that's kind of like the Ohana and the family concept that surfing in Hawaii brought to me, everyone was always looking out for one another. But that's also because the surf is so critical and dangerous there. That is a fact. So it's... Right. You need a good jet ski guy. They come together, you know what I mean? And jet skiing's, you know, one of the things I do from a business standpoint, just the other day, I was hosting a uh, birthday party down at Gosman's Beach and uh, mother and daughter, this was just, this was just yesterday. This was just yesterday. Um, mother and daughter or mother and son were floating out on a inflatable sup with a paddle and it's kicking like 20 mile an hour Southwest winds, South Southwest winds <laughs> gusting up to 30. Gee. I, look at, I, I look at them. I look at them and my buddy goes, I look at my buddy and I go, I go, I'm going to have to go rescue them in about 20 minutes. <laughs> oh and, he, and he looks at me and goes, he goes, no, 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 you don't think so. Right. And I was like, no, I was like, no, watch, just watch. 30 minutes goes by. All of a sudden, a woman comes up to me and goes, hey, um, who owns the jet ski? And I go, that's mine. She goes, do you mind doing a rescue? I go, for the people on the stand-up paddle over <laughs> you there. You knew it. About, you to be floating, knew it. about to be floating into the harbor jets, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. jetty right there. Yeah, don't worry. I'll go grab them. So I, I went and grabbed them and towed them in and everything. But it's Hysterical. like, that's what I ended up. I ended up learning that from a lot of the, the most talented people on jet skis from Hawaii to Mexico to, you know, Florida. Matt Keckley, who also shapes a lot of my surfboards, and he's a consistent, like, figure in. Yeah, wait, what gear do you use for all this? I mean, obviously, you're a gnarly fucking surfer. We all love <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, a free, I'm, a, I'm a freelancer when it really comes down to, like, I like everything because I like, I like to sample. 
And that's just the truth in okay. that from a gear standpoint, from a, a my man, my man saying, somebody give me the check and lock me down. That's exactly. what he, yeah. that's what he's yeah, saying. That's, that's basically <laughs> that's what, what we're trying to get saying. back out in this game. But no, Matt Keckley has always been um, one of the coolest dudes that I've always met. He's from Florida. He's from, you know, he's from Melbourne Beach, Florida. He's an incredible shaper. He was actually Kelly Slater's first shaper um, wow. as well. So wow. Keck's got some serious. And he not shapes just, your boards that you not use just now. Clout, not just cloud. Yeah, I got a, I got a brand new one sitting, waiting for tomorrow. Hopefully, when we go when we go surfing at, at some unknown, you know, location. We'll keep, we'll keep unknown location. Unknown location. And and we'll let you know. We'll never released them but on I, this podcast. I, I just I just it. heard though, Montauk does not have waves. Montauk doesn't have waves. Go home. No, not go at home. all. No, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, no. Keck, Keck's been an awesome shaper and an awesome human from. You know, supplying me with my traction pads, my leashes, you know, all of that, and, and coaching, and you know, words of wisdom from an adult and awesome surfer. He's 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 the one that I would say gear wise, if you need to order a board, go to that guy because I can promise you the guy won't fail you in the sense of a shape. He does all the stuff hand shape still, no computer. <clears throat> and that's and that's what I feel like. And I, and I know sometimes it's funny because we when you talk to a surfer, like the, the the notion of like, oh, this guy surfs. Okay, he's not going to spend you know whatever X amount of dollars on his craft. You'd be surprised, guys. Surfers, they spend money on their craft, okay? Just like a photographer spends thousands on a camera, you uh, best believe. I've watched that change like crazy, too. And you, you know, know what's funny is that the That's surfer true. will spend thousands on their board if need be, and uh, it will break, and they know it will break. So on, 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 <laughs> that's the on difference. The, on the first wave. Right, of, like they of know your, of your first session. Ever they know what it. you're buying could potentially break within minutes. I've I've done it. I've done it more than ten <laughs> times, flat out. I've paddled out on a board, stand up, up, and snap the thing more than ten times. In no my life. way. Yeah. That's oh just, my god. I mean, that's that's I. What do they say? That's 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 what we call uh that's that's what we call pay to play. You know what I mean? You pay to play. It's just it's the name of the game, and that's kind you pay of pay to play. One hundred percent. That's what I tell. That's what I tell people when I'm doing coaching. I'm like, you want this? This is a pay to play sport. You know, I've I've gone through injuries nonstop. I've been stabbed in my jugular vein by my own surfboard. I've skinned my yeah, face. Yeah, what was the gnarliest shit? That was it. That jugular. Was, <laughs> I think that was the closest one, and the other one was going paralyzed for uh, fifteen minutes down in Florida. I jumped off my board and um, pencil dove, and my board got underneath me, Damn. and I crushed my whole. Uh, Neck and upper spinal cord, oh and just my and God. just con- folded like a fucking accordion. Just, just condensed it like, yeah. boom, and uh, instantaneously froze up, blood out my nose like crazy. Got got three got like three seconds of motion in my body left. Got on my board, and as soon as I got on my board, I froze. And uh, one of my buddies came up to me and like saw me kind of just floating and pushed me in and rolled me over on the beach on my back. And they called my mom. My mom picked me up. Then uh, about like three days later, I went to a chiropractor. And got got racked back out, and it's nuts. Two three weeks later, I was back out surfing. <laughs> but yeah, I got I got paralyzed. That's what it takes. I, I got I got straight up paralyzed for almost like 10, 15 minutes. And that was that was one of the gnarliest things ever. That was the one that sketched me out the most. But like after ten to fifteen minutes, I got all my feeling back. I you know I started you know kind of moving my body. I was, I, my neck was tight. Is there any place you won't surf because you know it's too gnarly? Honestly, if my friends are going, I'm going. Your friends are going. You're going. Yeah. If 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 the boys um if I, if the boys are taking me somewhere where they're going to go do something, um, and they're like, I'm "Yo, going, dude, I'm, all you got to do is this X Y Z and that, and you'll be fine." You'll be like, "All right, cool." Trust oh, you. yeah. No, I'm not worried about that. I know what to do on the way. The difference is, it's just wondering. You want the consequences. You go. You go. You go in. You go. In, you, go in, you go into big boy stuff. Even if you know what you're doing, hey, guess what? Shit happens. You know, Forrest Gump said it best. Shit happens. Shit happens, bro. It's you know, I don't care what how a movie. good. You know, Billy Kemper is one of the gnarliest big wave world. World like big wave world title champions, I think twice over, maybe three times over. Now the guy is a animal. He's an animal. Mm. He trains like a beast. He went to Morocco and 
I pretty much know he basically almost died during COVID because of how significant his injury is. I really don't know the whole story, unfortunately. I haven't watched the series. I apologize, Billy, right off the bat. Um, right. But he literally almost, he like I think he shattered his femur and just like broke like a huge chunk in his leg and he had to get helicopter freaking private jetted out. Like that's how gnarly it is. And he's the best of the best. And so even, you know. it, and even that shit happens. Do you think that climate change is also changing the way that some of these form? I'm sorry to go way off the map here, that is, but like that is, that is that is a full. Sorry on, to go that's like an awesome, way. That's an awesome like that's like a jaunt to the right and realizing that you're going down a way different dark path. Way dark path. But, but no, I feel I like I at the I same breath, know. I don't. I don't know. You know what I will say. If, do you think it affects all that shit? Well, like bigger surf? Like do you think here's an example that I'll give. Like Nias in in Indonesia. That wave used to be a certain wave. Right. Because of the way the reef is. Right. When the massive tsunami hit, the reef got risen to a certain point right. where it has now made the wave technically better in a sense. It's okay. made it bigger, better, you know, easier takeoff, easier exit. It's, it's just a better wave altogether. Right. But I don't know, did that tsunami come from global warming concept? And you know what I mean? Like, that's where, like, I don't know if that's helping waves with global warming or it's hurting. I don't right. I don't have an answer on right. that one. But I do know that some things affect things in a good way. Some things affect things in a bad way. <laughs> Right, and in that scenario, and that scenario one. that ended up being a you know a win win situation for the surfers and maybe Mother Nature. Who knows? Interesting. Yeah. What do you? Uh, so coming back into the full scale, obviously from surfing and everything else, you know, you came into Montauk being you know working at restaurants and then doing stuff, and then what made you want to kind of fall into the real estate aspect? Obviously, your family's been in real estate. I think you said your grandmother had been in real estate for a long time out here. She's a local. Yep. Um, you know, so yep. I think, I think that kind of came into fruition, but you know, you said that, uh, you got into it that way. And then how did this sh transition shift where you're really into real estate now, aside from the surf lessons and surf camps you do as well? Um, I mean, real estate's kind of technically been in a good chunk of my life throughout. My mom's held a license in multiple States. Um, I'm oh, pretty wow. sure she sold one in Florida and Hawaii and New York. Um, so, so real estate ran in the family. It was kind of a thing. It was kind of a thing where, you know, it maybe, I mean, if anything, to be honest with you is it, for my mom, it was usually just mainly a fallback and not even a fallback. Well, she's it, military, it, right? My, yeah. My mom's military and she's and a, a Marine Marine and is a straight, is a straight badass. badass, like mom's mom's a dope, but she always did whatever she had to do to make sure ends meet. And that was kind of the main thing about mom, you know, kind of real estate was something to also add to the table. You know what I mean? For the opportunity to always be able to make cash. So whenever I was around, I was around mom with real estate. And then grandma, she's been out here doing it for almost right, almost 30 years now, uh, exclusively in Montauk. So I've been nice. around. I've seen the whole change of price ranges go up and down. And I've also seen a whole bunch of other, you know, stuff stay stagnant in the real estate world. So getting into the real estate game was kind of just an easy transition because I'd already kind of... I'd already kind of known about it all of it. It kind of fit. It fit my. It fit my. Thought you process. knew it kind of felt like a glove. You it knew. felt like a glove, and I wanted to do something new. And I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy kind of being able to conversate. Well, like about you said, that shark, that shark personality of surfing, kind of like how you had to fight respect and fight yeah, for the it, game. It's a contest. It's a it's competition. The same thing. It's a competition. You're trying to sell something to somebody and make. You have make a million them. other agents trying to sell the same shit. You got exactly. the same house, same exactly. properties being. 
you know, sold to a couple people depending upon your situation. Yeah. I just took the same philosophy of surfing. I was like, you know what? If I want to be really good at surfing, I had to, you know, head down, nose to the grindstone, immerse myself in surfing and nonstop focus on that as my one mission and goal. And then I kind of wanted to translate that to real estate. You know, it was something new. It was something different. And it was something that I kind of wanted to learn the ins and outs of and, you know, meet different people and kind of just see how things worked out here specifically in the Hamptons from a real estate standpoint, because if you can kind of work out here and get things done right, I'm pretty sure you can make it anywhere in that regard. That's a hundred percent true. I think that's right for New York in general. I think the New York hustle instills in you a certain kind of essence that works everywhere. Which that's why I'm blessed to be able to pick that type of mentality up from moving from Hawaii to New York. I've understood that. Well, you have the mellow vibe too. Yeah. Well, it's you have that Californian mellow where you can get along with people. I have that like mix, that mixed breed in between kind of concept. You know, you can go one way or the other. It just depends on the day, I guess. You know what I mean? What what foot hits the floor first on the bed? I like that. Um, But no, I, I think it was a challenge and I like, I like challenging myself as long as it's something I like to do. So I like going out and hanging out with people at new properties and seeing what they see in it and what I see in it. And I like being able to kind of learn what I would like to build my home with. You know what I mean? It's a pretty cool whole concept to be able right, to because you're check, selling people homes that are part out. of the community that you're a part of. So it's like yeah. you're, you know, you want them to live how you live because you know, that's the life that's great. You know, no, no that's, that's pretty much how you look at it. And at the same time, it's like, wow, that's a creative way to do something. I like, I, I like that and I love landscape and I love landscape design and, you know, growing up in Hawaii, for me, plants have always been something that's been in my life. So I'm pretty happy to. How do you find the spirit to juggle all of, you know, cause you do all this camp, you do all the real estate you do. How do you find that you juggle all these things and, and juggle all the tasks that you have in hand? The biggest, the biggest one I can honestly say that I've just started to really put into play in the last couple of years is sticking to the schedule, you know, set a plan, stick to it, get each thing done step by step, make things work. Don't even, don't even worry about anything other than getting each step done because by the time the end of the day gets done, the job's done On to the next. If you divert from the schedule, you find yourself in a hole and you're always trying to catch up on time and time does not get any, Shorter or longer. He got 24 hours in a day. And unfortunately, that's not enough for a lot of people. So <laughs> right, a, that's about all you can do. Is, exactly. Is just make sure you stick to the plan, the schedule. Stick to your plan. Stick to your schedule. That's get, your, that's your method. Get that's how you get it done. Get the job done. And then at the same time, you know, understand there's a finite amount of time where you can do this out here in this town and buckle down and nose to the grindstone. That's exactly what it is. Every time you just, you try not to look up. Stick to your schedule. Try try not to look up. Well, that's what I found with this podcast is that trying to get everybody on and trying to get people on and, and, you know, getting different schedules together and different things organized. It's all about just setting a time, setting a date, getting it happen. Marketing your, hey, dude, market in your calendar. You know, I did the same thing with you booking this. I said, hey, be be persistent. Market in your calendar, put it in there. We're, We're recording. It's, Same thing. You've exactly got to just be persistent. Is. you got to hold on to your turf, your schedule. And, and, and you got to also hold yourself accountable. You can't. You, you do. You, 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 like, it's a you hard really one. Like, do. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I, like, I, I, I try. I, I practice what I preach as much as I can, but I mess up just like everybody else, and that's just normal. We're all but, human. But at the same time, you know, just recalibrate every once in a while and take a step back and take yourself out of the waterfall full of emotions and just kind of bring yourself out of the waterfall and then just watch them fall in front of you. 
and then get back to the grind. You know what I mean? It's a pretty, wow. it's a pretty hard thing. That's smart. That's it's a, a hard thing to, to do. It's a hard That's thing a to do. To it's a hard thing to do to pull yourself out of that waterfall because it's a lot of pressure pushing you down. So to step back out of it, it's a pretty hard thing to do. But every once in a while, I'll try to do that for myself, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, it's all about just making sure that you just get back to the grind eventually. Don't don't give up. It makes no sense to do that. 100%. Yeah, that's, that's, one that, that's one that mom taught me. That's one that grandma's taught me. The women in my life, you know, are strong. Let's put it that way. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's, yeah. No doubt. Dude, that, that's a brilliant way to think about it, too. And, and, so, and, and that's how you kind of handle this full plate is just staying to your schedule and managing expectations, dealing with people in the way that you do and being personable and, and be okay with actually not getting everything done. Don't, you can, you can leave things for the next time. Yeah. And don't overstress. If it didn't get done, just make sure it gets done. You know what I mean? Like, right. don't, don't just let it drop to the weight side. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You can't let things drop to the wayside when you got a full boat. You got to make sure you manage your own schedule too. stay afloat. Try to be happy. Find some, some little mini moments of peace, dude. Mini moments of peace is the wave. Uh, so in talking about back to township here, mm-hmm. coming back mm-hmm. into the real estate game, obviously you're trying to sell these homes to these people, but where are you going on a, where is Travis Beckman going on a weekend to enjoy himself out grabbing a beer where, I mean, I know because I've seen you out at these places, but for the general public that doesn't associate with you, where do you, where does Travis Beckman find himself on a, on a casual weekend in Montauk? If you find me in open season, Casual, open season here, hunting casual season. season when it's the summertime and everything's open. In reality, you'd find me at the dock down oh, by Gosman's, man. and that is my that is my delight. That is my moment of solitude. That is that is a very cold, short bud draft and oh. mahi buffalo bites as a snack. The mahi buffalo. Let me repeat that. The yeah, mahi one more time, one more time. buffalo bites. Yeah. If you don't, listen, if you're one of those people that's like, I don't eat seafood, you know, for whatever. <laughs> Come on Let me now. tell you. Come on now. Okay, that's cool. You have your opinion, whatever. Go there, <laughs> get the fucking buffalo, buffalo mahi bites, Ooh, and muffler. tell me, <laughs> and tell me that is not the best fucking thing. It literally tastes like chicken. You can't taste the difference. It tastes no. like, you could it doesn't give it, taste you, you fishy. Could, you could give it to a kid and the kid would never Oh know. my God. It's incredible. It just tastes yeah. like amazing, fresh. I could eat 20. Right I could off eat, the boat, I goodness. Eat, I could eat 20 of them. and 100%. And 100% eat almost another 20. Yep. It's impressive. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. No, it's nice. The doc, shout out. The doc, okay, aside the, the, from the doc. The doc, the, the doc is, uh, the doc's number one on my list. Um, mm. Honestly, if I'm going to do two and three, I'm going to go and do a shout out straight always to Shagwan. Um traditional that is by far by far one of the best vibed out original buildings in this town Mm -hmm. holds a presence to it if you ever look up the whole story behind the restaurant and you know looking for a piano player (laughs) must be able to shuck clams clams. yeah exactly um it's a it's a it's a traditional and uh jason behan's the owner of that and he does a great job there with uh, that whole system right there i used to work for them as well a little bit when they first opened up with new ownership with jason i helped them Ooh. out for a little bit and what's um, right across the street your favorite pizza spot shout Ooh, it out there it hunter is. sausages pizza possibilities sausage. yeah, I, gotta give, I, gotta, I gotta give hunt the, the the drop out on that uh buffalo chicken pie with the sesame crust that Ooh-wee. is that is the one. I mean, I've, I've I heard I heard uh, I heard Ryan did a little uh, little chirping about some pies and got himself into some hot sauce. Guys, I, I have to back him, I have to I have to back him up. That pie, Travis is backing me that up. Pie, baby. That pie and I add gorgonzola cheese to it because I'm a fatty. Yeah, it's gorgonzola. Because I'm, I'm a straight fatty when it comes to that. But um, you know, 
anything like that, um, I'm all game. I'm all game on that. I love one. it. Yeah, good job, Hunt. I I'll give that one to you, dog. Hundred percent. We know. Yeah. We know the truth. It's exactly the point. But yeah, Shagwan's got. All right, Shagwan's got. Shagwan's got. Shagwan's got two. Shagwan's got two for beer, and then I'll give it right next to right next door. Uh, good old fashioned Gig Shack. The boys over there. Gig, do the gig. Yeah, the Gig Shack's been doing strong for years. A uh, solid, good chunk of years now, and they have an awesome vibe. It's a little so bit of a younger. It's a, it's a younger group. You know what I mean? There's a lot of Jaeger that gets poured, from what I've been told. I mean, uh, been seen. <laughs> a lot of gongs I mean, that have yeah. been crashed. Yeah, uh, that, that thing's been. Slammed. A lot of chickies that have been smiled. Yeah, they. Everyone smiles. Everyone smiles. What a good vibe over there. No, but that's that's so my, that's, that's, that's where you catch you on a little sun. That's my one, two, and three, especially because that's a locally owned uh, gigs, a locally owned you know place, just like Shagwan is, and so is the Dock. Those are three local spots that. Deliver good Salivars, food. Salivars, local food. spot. Salivars, don't get me Liars, wrong. The Devlins, the local Devlins, spot. The Devlins are the, sh- like, are the best. With there's, the there's, all, there's so many great local spots in Montauk. Yeah, no. You can't go wrong, especially from a local standpoint. You're going to win. You're going to hit the, you're going to hit your, you know, your happy point at some point. So don't worry about it. hundred percent. You're going to hit the happy point. So what do you, what, what, what's the future hold for Travis aside from the, so we're doing the real estate, you're doing the surf Academy. What's the. What's the like? Bam! Crazy idea. Where Where does Travis Beckman finish in this landscape of life? Where does he oh, end up keep, in this amongst the stars? I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep the bam crazy one to myself because I got something coming that's gonna be pretty fun and pretty interesting. I'll leave that one alone for. So now. we're gonna have to have you back on, is what you're saying? Yeah, eventually. As soon as I as soon okay. as, as soon as I make right. it, as soon as I make it live, you can have me back on. We'll talk. Okay, about we'll it. talk um, about it. But um, other than that, other than that, it's more it's more. What's the future? The future is. Um, Make a little bit of money, figure out how to get a house out here in the Hamptons so I can always have somewhere to live out here. That's the immediate yes, future sir. in the next five years. But also in between that five years is to get back to surfing my butt off and traveling a little bit more and enjoying. Start ripping. Just enjoy, you know, a little bit more of a relaxed pace because New York has made me extremely fast paced. Um, and I do need to, I do need to sometimes take a step back and and flow. So, you know, the Maldives really helped me out with understanding that. So I, I missed, I missed that a lot and I'm going to get back to doing that a little bit more instead of focusing on just save, saving money and trying to live the, the normal American life dream, you know, America. America. So I'd rather, I'd rather get back to, you know, getting barreled and laughing and drawing a couple Tonyas in Nicaragua or, you know, traveling back home to Hawaii. That's kind of my goal right now in the short term, but, and you know. In the next five years, goal is to own a house out here, and that's it's an uphill battle for all of us locals out here. But he's yeah. telling you no, right no, no. here. I, hey, I'm the, young. I'm he's young. In the I'm trenches young in the game. with you. I'm I'm young in he the game, but the I also trenches. feel I feel everybody, and I understand everybody. And like I said Listen. before, early in the thing, it's you know it's cyclical, it's circular, it's. Every, it's just your every, real estate everyone, agent. everyone needs everybody, guys. You know, it's you know we need the rich. The rich need us. Don't get me wrong, because they need us to start working for them all the time. It's the way it 100%. works. Hundred percent. And this is where we go. It's a cyclical thing, like you said. And, you know, he's he, he's got it right. This is it. If you want to live out here, if you want to have a house out here, these are the rules you got to play. You got to follow along. And even yes, a guy sir. from real estate, listen to him. But please and thank you. I would love to help you out any time of the week, any time of the day. You can always call me, 631-353-8812. Travis, yeah. Give his, me a call. Uh, his uh, number right there, plug, his Instagram. We have Beckman, uh, B-E-C-K-M-A-N-N underscore surf underscore academy. Is his Instagram for his business. Give it a check, please, by all means. We'd love to be able to help anybody out in the water. Surfing and learning uh, learning the ways and understanding how to be safe and smart and helping people along the way, too. That's the goal with the whole academy and 
Motivation, baby. Motivation. Exactly. Surfing is a great hey, way to stay in shape. Remember that. Give him give him your praise at this. Listen, this is Travis doesn't do like a little surf school out here. This is how you stand up. My man runs a boot camp. He's yes, a regimen. He runs a legitimate program. If you want your kid to be a fucking gnarly shredder, and you'll and, that's and, what I'm and you won't have to worry about your kid in the water. Number one, when he goes surfing, and uh, you know that's what we got, Travis. Dude, thank you for coming in. Uh, Appreciate it. It's stoked, been epic. Stoked to be a part of the whole awesome experience right here. This was a pretty killer moment in time. Yeah, dude, love it. This oh, is gonna be. You 100%. know, you're in the seedlings of a magical program as well. You yeah, know? We're, that's we're what we're trying to be. That's what we're trying to be a part of, and everything. I love it. Dude, yeah. thanks again, and then uh, we'll see you next time. Very welcome, doggy.